Coal plants are changing the weather. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. Much of the West is covered by pine forests, but when those trees are struck by wildfire, they might not grow back, according to a new study. Kimberly Davis at the University of Montana and her colleagues studied forests from the Sierras to the Rockies to see how they recovered after fires. They concluded that Douglas fir and ponderosa pine will have a difficult time rooting and thriving because climate change raises temperatures and creates hotter, drier air and soil. Davis told Inside Climate News that the warmer and drier conditions aren't harming mature trees, but they are preventing future generations from growing. But there are other problems for forests beside wildfires. Anthony Swift of the Natural Resources Defense Council said that intensive logging, cutting trees for power lines, and road building weakens the ability of forests to deal with stressors like climate change. A new study shows that modern coal-fired power plants and refineries produce enormous amounts of fine dust particles, and that pollution is changing the weather. The paper published in the Bulletin of the American Meteorological Society concludes that filtration systems on modern coal plants are the largest source of microscopic dust particles, which can impact rainfall patterns on a local to regional scale. One of the researchers, Professor George Hacker from Airborne Research Australia, told the weather channel that fossil power stations massively influence meteorological processes and may cause extreme weather events, including intense rainstorms. This can lead to drier-than-usual conditions in other places. Ultrafine particles are microscopic, about 100 nanometers or 80 times smaller than a red blood cell. They can have enormous impacts on human health. Long-term exposure to these particles has been associated with death from heart disease, and another study recently showed how how ultrafine particles inhaled by pregnant women may affect fetal cardiovascular systems. Plastic foam cups and food containers, some made under the brand name Styrofoam, are being phased out by a few fast food chains and have been banned in many cities, including New York, Seattle, Los Angeles, and San Francisco. Last week, the Maryland legislature passed a bill that, if signed by the governor, would make it the first state in the country to prohibit the foam products. A spokesperson for an organization called Trash Free Maryland said that the foam absorbs toxins faster than other plastics, is mistaken for food by marine life and is difficult to clean up. Toxins have also been found to be transmitted by another type of plastic called nurdles, lentil-shaped plastic pellets that are the building blocks for things like televisions to single-use water bottles. A study from the University of Sterling showed that the nurdles get into the sea by accidentally spilling from shipping containers. Lead author Richard Quillam told The Guardian that Dangerous sewage pathogens and agricultural runoff have been found hitchhiking on nurdles, which have washed up on some of Scotland's beaches. Scientists are concerned that the phenomenon could have far-reaching implications for human health. For example, Dr. Quillam said that cholera in India could wash up on U.S. shores since plastic is designed to not break down and could float long distances on ocean currents. Meanwhile, at a U.N. conference in Kenya last week, environmental organizations accused the U.S. of blocking a proposal to fight plastic litter in the oceans. David Azule of the Center for International Environmental Law said that the vast majority of countries agreed to develop a vision for global plastic governance, and it was disheartening to see that the U.S., guided by the interests of the fracking and petrochemical industry, was leading efforts to set
sabotage it. Dams on rivers can have highly destructive effects on coastlines and their habitats. New research from the Scripps Institution at UC San Diego examined four rivers in Mexico, two dammed to produce electricity and two free-running. They found that coastal areas shrunk along the mouths of the rivers that were dammed, affecting vital ecosystems like mangrove forests and fish habitat. The dams trapped more than one million tons of sediment that led to coastlines receding at the mouths of the rivers. In contrast, for the two rivers that were free-flowing, the shorelines were stable and showed sediment growth. According to the study, which was published in the journal Science Advances, another downside to damming rivers is the increased release of carbon that had been stored in the sediments. The authors conclude that while hydroelectric dams are championed as a source of renewable energy, the damages they cause are rarely calculated. And finally, the bomb cyclone that cut across the Plains states last week brought hurricane-force winds, blizzard conditions, heavy rain, and thunder snow as it moved northeast across the country. In its wake, there were numerous power outages, flight cancellations, stranded motorists, and devastating floods, the worst in half a century. The Weather Channel reports that record rainfall and melting snow led to emergency declarations in Nebraska, Iowa, and Wisconsin. Nebraska has been hit especially hard, with nearly every part of the state dealing with rising water, in some cases creating islands where the National Guard has been called in to make rescues. James Wilkie was killed after his tragedy was carried away by floodwaters while he attempted to rescue a stranded motorist. USA Today reports that nearly 900 people had been stranded inside temporary shelters. The bomb cyclone was caused by a bombogenesis, a term used to describe when pressure drops dramatically in a short period of time, at least 24 millibars over 24 hours. It's rare for the bombogenesis to happen inland. As Noah explains, they usually occur when a cold air mass collides with a warm air mass over warm ocean waters. Last week's extreme event was fueled by warm, moist air from the Gulf of Mexico colliding with cold air from the north. Michael Mann, climate scientist at Penn State University, told the Huffington Post that there is evidence that climate change is increasing the conditions that support development of more intense bomb cyclones. This Week in Water is sponsored by the American Water Works Association. Explore new trends in technology at ACE19, June 9th through 12th in Denver. Learn more at awwaace.org.